Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here is a quick announcement. Our much heart-centered and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is currently available at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. As an expansion of International Women's Day, this month's theme is Women Empowerment, My Journey. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kindness Matters, 101 Feel-Good Stories of Kindness, Compassion, and Paying It Forward. Good morning, Amy. Happy March, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on to publish my new, to talk about my new favorite book that was just published. It's a beautiful book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Kindness Medicine is an excellent book. The stories are very empowering and, more importantly, extremely fitting for our world right now. So congratulations on its release, which was yesterday. Yeah, so we've been hearing a lot from Simon & Schuster, which is our distributor, and from, mm-hmm. the, dis- from the distributors they sell books through, that the public really wants to read stuff that will just make them feel good and not hit them in the face with all of the stressful things that are going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And that people want to read about people being nice to each other, you know, <laughs> and they want to read stories that are not about divisiveness or war or COVID or, you know, all the other bad stuff that's going on. So it's interesting. We had done a book called Random Acts of Kindness. I think it was back mm-hmm. in, 2016 or 17 and that book was a huge hit for us mm-hmm. and I thought you know there's a lot of stressors in people's lives today so let's do another book about kindness and you know what's interesting is that the title kindness matters it's kind of like a double entendre thing because mm-hmm. it's saying kindness matters but also it's a book about um, kindness matters and I was at Sloan Kettering for my checkup um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and they had a big poster up that said, Kindness Matters, and they're doing a big Kindness Matters campaign with their <laughs> staff to always mm-hmm. remember to be kind to patients, which they actually always are based on yeah. my experience there. But I thought, huh, maybe this phrase, Kindness Matters, is somehow out there right now. I was kind of pleased Mm -hmm. because it was a month before the book was coming out, and I thought, oh, maybe this title will really resonate with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it does. I tell you, the stories remind me of things that we don't necessarily realize that we do every day. Uh, To me, kindness is not like, okay, I'm putting on my suit today, and I'm going out there (laughs) to do something great. I think it just naturally happens and situations presents itself. And sometimes we don't naturally, we don't think about it. But for example, like uh, say you and I were dining out in a restaurant and I'm opening the door for you to leave. Right. And I'm just holding the door an extra minute longer or a few seconds longer for someone else to step in. That's act of kindness. Yeah. Right. And then another thing that happens is, we all have those moments when we have an impulse to do something kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we think, oh, no, maybe I would be interfering or maybe he doesn't really want me to help or whatever. And one right. of the things that I learned from the stories in this book is that you should follow that impulse. Like there was a story from one of our writers, Donna Schulte, and she saw this really thin homeless lady outside a restaurant she mm-hmm. she and her daughter were waiting to go into the restaurant and her first impulse was to invite this 
apparently homeless, disheveled woman to have lunch with her. Mm-hmm. And so she followed her impulse and she invited this woman to have lunch with them. And the waitress inside didn't even want to serve this young woman. But right. Donna said, you're going to serve her. Well, then as she talked to this woman, she realized that this woman who everyone outside had just been looking right through, like she didn't exist. Mm-hmm. She was a veteran who was fighting cancer mm-hmm. and she couldn't get a job due to her chemo regimen. And so she had become homeless. She had served our country and she was homeless and people were ignoring her as they waited in line for the restaurant. But Donna followed that quick impulse to help somebody mm-hmm. and ended up having, you know, a fabulous experience and feeling so good about what she did because you know, we talk about how you should do kind things for other people, but it's not always altruistic because, in fact, <laughs> if you do kind yeah. things for other people, scientific studies have shown that the person who feels the best after an act of kindness is actually the person who performed the act of kindness, not the person who was the recipient. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. makes you feel good. I think when you reach out and you do something for someone else, it makes you feel empowered because you have the ability to help someone else. Right. So you have just elevated yourself above whatever your current circumstances are. Like there's stories in the book from people who, you know, were running out of money. They were really tight on money and yet mm-hmm. they handed $5 to somebody and it made them feel so much better. It elevated them above their current somewhat dire circumstances because they were like, well, I still have something I can give. So one of the things I learned from the book is that if you have an impulse to do something, don't squash the impulse because that's what Mm -hmm. happens. People are like, oh, I'd be interfering. She doesn't want me to help her. Go with it because you're actually better off going with that initial impulse. Right, right. That's true. And what's interesting, too, is that you said something very, very important because a lot of times – it's difficult for people to receive, but in this situation, people do receive. But the funny thing about it is that it's in the art of giving that actually it's you. It's not about them in a way, because this is your natural self. The other thing that's interesting is a lot of people reported on receiving an act of kindness, but even as they were receiving the act of kindness, they were already planning how they would pay it forward and Mm -hmm. do it for someone Mm -hmm. else. Right. They were already right. planning it. Like, even if somebody was, um, say, covering the deficit, that, you know, they were buying the fast yeah, food at yeah. the restaurant and they needed $10 and they only had $7 and somebody handed them the missing $3. Even as they were saying, thank you so much, they were thinking, okay, how am I going to pay for a meal for somebody else mm-hmm. down the road? Like, they were immediately thinking ahead to when they could be the person performing the act of kindness instead of being the recipient. But the other thing you learn from reading these stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul of Kindness Matters is that you should be gracious in receiving because right. you're actually doing the giver a favor when you graciously mm-hmm. receive because you're mm-hmm. helping that person feel good about having given. So true. So true. And it's very difficult to do that because I know for me, myself, when I was going through some really tough times it's in terms of I've, I've always been the giver, right? <laughs> so receiving is very, very difficult, even till today. But I have to adjust it because it's like, okay, you, it's the other person. They want to give, and you should graciously receive. Yeah, I mean, that's happened to me from being a cancer patient for a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm going mm-hmm. through one of my times when I'm going through chemo, um, like right now I'm not. But when I do mm-hmm. go through those times, people, you know, make food for us and everything. And we just always graciously accept it because people want to figure out how they can help you, you know. And so you just should say yes to whatever they offer you. Um, and, and you know, what you learn from that, too. You learn, right. oh, this is right. how you behave. This is what right. I should be doing for somebody <laughs> else, you know, when I'm feeling good. So, right. um this, this book is really about giving and receiving. The other thing I noticed as I was 
mm-hmm. choosing the final stories because, you know, we had thousands mm-hmm. of submissions for this book about kindness. And as I was choosing the 101 stories that would make it into the book, I realized how good these stories were making me feel. And so <laughs> I actually added feel good to the subtitle because it used yeah. to be kindness matters, 101 stories of compassion and paying it forward. And I added feel good. So now it's 101 feel good stories because that was my impression as I went through it. Mm-hmm. I was saying to the rest of the editorial team, this book is making me feel so good. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, and that's what people really want these days. And who knew that, you know, Russia yeah. was going to invade Ukraine at the time that this book was getting ready to come out. Like, I didn't know uh, we, would yeah. need, we would need some help with that situation also. Right, right, right. Well, it's true. And the beauty of it is that you're right. It's empowering. And that's why I use the word very empowering, because if you need a picker-upper, this is it because when you read and it gives you ideas as well, because a lot of times, like I say, again, it's not about putting on this suit to go out there. Okay. I'm going to do something great. There's nothing wrong with that. But having said that, if you sort of like turn on your sense of awareness, wherever you go, those little things means a lot by doing something. And that's part of that concept of just a little kindness matters. Yeah, if you walk by a parking meter and it's about to expire and you don't see anybody rushing back to their car and you throw a quarter in, it costs you all of 25 cents and you feel really good. Like you kind of float through the rest of the day on a cloud because you threw 25 cents into a parking meter. Yeah, and the beauty of it, you know, you don't know who owned that car and who cares because it's about you. You did something special. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying... Even if you don't want to think altruistically about doing for others, honestly, it will make you feel really good to do these acts of kindness. So true. So true. Well, tell us about the engaging book covers. It's beautiful. I love it. (laughs) So this was really, this came out of my personal experience. So one day, and it had to be 20 years ago, I was driving by a little pond and all the traffic had to stop. And there was a mother duck leading her ducklings across the road, and it was like four lanes of traffic. And there was a goose standing there blocking the traffic. I, I was just so amazed that a goose was deliberately standing there and blocking traffic for the mother duck and her duckling. I guess I shouldn't have been that surprised that, you know, one <laughs> – type of animal would help another type of animal because we're (laughs) an animal and we help other animals. But it just really struck me. And when we were talking about the cover for this book and covers are incredibly important in publishing. We we work so hard on the covers because a cover can make or break a book. You can have 101 amazing stories in a book, but if the cover doesn't attract people in the store, you're not going to sell any copies of the book for people to discover how great the stories are. So I was telling our our graphic designer about it because we wanted to have one species of animal helping another species of animal. So I told (laughs) him about the goose that stopped traffic for the mother duck. And so he made this cover with the goose Mm -hmm. holding up traffic and holding a little sign with the mother (laughs) duck and ducklings, you know, a duck crossing. Um, so anyway, that's, that's how this cover came about. It was from my real-life experience that I've never forgotten about watching a goose hold up four lanes of traffic to help a mother duck cross the road. It's just beautiful. I think it's uh, – sometimes we, we need animals, right, <laughs> to remind us, to connect with us rather than people. So I thought this is just wonderful. And so does the back cover. You have – Different kind of animal in the back cover. Oh, yes. I have a chipmunk <laughs> offering uh, an acorn to another chipmunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because, you know, it's hard to do covers with people on them. Like, mm-hmm. we do really well when we put animals on our covers because people can relate to them. And mm-hmm. and then it's, it's, you know, if we put people, then we need to have, like, every kind of person and every kind of look and... <laughs> Every skin tone and everything else, because otherwise people are like, well, I feel left out and 
Yeah. So yeah, a yeah. goose and ducks and some chipmunks, <laughs> everybody's included. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So true. What are the chapters covered in the book? Oh, gosh, so much fun. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I pick out the 101 stories, then I get to make the chapters. Mm-hmm. And that is really a fun part of the process. So our first chapter is Miracles of Kindness because it's about acts of kindness that really did create miracles for people. And that's one of the cool things when you're doing an act of kindness. You might really be creating a little miracle for someone else. Uh, the second chapter is Role Models of Kindness. And those are the ones that help you follow that impulse. You know, you're like, oh, well, I read that story where that guy did such and such kind thing. So I can do that too. Third chapter is the kindness of strangers. And this is all these stories about, you know, people reporting about how a total stranger did something really nice to them and maybe even changed their life. Mm -hmm. The fourth chapter is the right word, because sometimes just a few words from a stranger will change everything for you. Fifth chapter is friends and neighbors, all kinds of acts of kindness performed, you know, in your local community. Mm -hmm. Um, chapter six is called one good turn deserves another. And this is where people had something done for them and then had a chance sometimes same day to pay it forward and do something for someone else. Mm-hmm. Seventh chapter is called compassion and understanding. And this is when, you know, somebody really came through for somebody going through a tough time. Chapter eight is ever grateful. And these are people talking about things that might even have happened a long time ago, and they're just still feeling the gratitude. Chapter nine is called worth the effort. So, you know, that's a, that's a chapter where we kind of give people that motivation to do the kind thing, because these stories are all about how someone else did something kind and it was truly worth the effort to do it. Chapter 10 is called small things, big impact how the tiniest little thing, tiniest little act of kindness Mm -hmm. can have a really big impact on the recipient. And then chapter 11 is called the joy of doing for others. And that really is about how good you feel after you've done that act of kindness for someone else. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to us going into the various chapters. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to the March edition of our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kindness Matters, 101 feel-good stories of kindness, compassion, and paying it forward. Well, Amy, let's talk about some of the stories in the book. Let's start off with Chapter 1, Miracles of Kindness. And this is a wonderful story, Renewed Hope. I love this story by Elena Ottenbeck. Yeah, so you got that almost right. I actually had to ask Alina how to pronounce her name. <laughs> it's Alina Autumnbright, but there yes. are so many consonants put together that it's really hard to figure out how to pronounce her name. Um, so Alina says that um, she was in the hospital with her two-and-a-half-year-old son who was sick with RSV, which is a respiratory – I hear about it a lot. It's a respiratory mm-hmm. illness. Um mm-hmm. Her daughter was at home being looked after by her father, um, and Alina was actually separated from her children's father, um, and she was really worried about money because she was working, but she had already taken almost all of her vacation time, and now she had to be in the hospital with her son, and she only had a couple hundred dollars in the bank, and her, her husband, who she was separated from, wasn't able to help financially. So money was a really big worry. But, of course, her biggest worry was her son um, because he had been constantly sick and hadn't, hadn't reached any of his milestones on time. Well, she also didn't have any family nearby. So this was one miserable woman. And she was sitting in the hospital worrying about everything. And in walked one of her work colleagues, a woman named Lorna. She brought a card signed by 
the store managers where Alina worked and some of the office and warehouse staff, about 15 people signed the card. So she was really happy to get the card, but then she discovered something amazing. Inside the card was a note that said that each of the people who had signed the card had donated one vacation day to her. So they all gave up a vacation day each so that she could get paid for all these days that she was in the hospital with her sick son. So she ended up getting something like two weeks of paid time off so mm-hmm. she could care for her son. Um, and then the kindness is just continued after that amazing kindness from her colleagues. Then there was a blanket that was made by some ladies in the community. There were um, stuffed animals that were brought over by a local radio station there were all these different people contributing to the hospital stay to make her and her son feel better. And she said that she was so impressed by all of this. There was a visit from the hospital mascot, which was somebody dressed up as a bear. <laughs> there was a volunteer dressed up as a clown. So after they got out of the hospital, Alina spent years paying it forward. And she actually organized several fundraisers for the hospital and raised a total of $30,000 for the hospital. And her son did turn out to need lifetime care. I mean, he was developmentally Mm -hmm. delayed and remained disabled. And so she's still caring for him. But here's what she says in her story. She says, no matter how overwhelmed I am at the end of each day, I look back and pick out at least one positive thing that happened and allow myself to feel good about it. I always try to practice gratitude and thankfulness for the blessings we have. And she said that she used to always try and be super mom, super mom. And then she realized she had to let other people help her, which is a good lesson for all of us. And she says she lets others help because it makes them feel good too. So basically her story is about how kindness is a virtuous cycle, right? When you do for Mm -hmm. others, you feel more blessed yourself, more grateful for what you have and what you can offer. And, you know, I always put a quote at the beginning of <laughs> each story, and the quote yes. at the beginning of this story is by Lydia Child, and it says, an effort made for the happiness of others lifts us above ourselves. And that's the thing we were talking about, how mm-hmm. doing good for others makes you feel so good yourself. So true. What I love about this story is that it's fascinating because it takes a group, right? I mean, I can't give up five days, but we can have five people give up just one day each. And it's minuscule when you look at it. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. So it's a collective effort. It's amazing what a team can do. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Chapter two, role models of kindness. And the story is For the Love of Pete by Stephanie Deitch. So this is a great example of how Mm -hmm. a little kindness can have a major impact on somebody's life. And also, if this guy, Pete, really is a great role model for all of us because he worked in a fast food restaurant and um, Stephanie took her son there to get tacos for his eighth birthday. And this guy who waited on them, Pete, was just so incredibly kind to her son. He admired her son's new cowboy boots that he had gotten for his birthday. He said he would treat him to a soda, and he let the child take forever to pick out his free soda. He carried their food to the table for them. He was just so nice. And her 8-year-old son, you know, was really struck by it and recognized how nice he was. And they have never stopped talking about that nice man. And Stephanie says that she often thinks about this guy, Pete, when she encounters people and she wonders what impression is she leaving with them? How is she making them feel? And she looks people in the eye because that's what Pete did. And she Mm -hmm. smiles at them because that's what Pete did. Basically after meeting that guy for a few minutes, that fast food worker, she's been trying to emulate him (laughs) ever since. Because she says the true value of a person comes from how they treat others. So that's why this story is in the chapter called Role Models of Kindness. I love this story because it reminded me when I was in the food service industry. And I've 
was in it for 18 years, as a matter of fact, and uh, started very young, right out of college. The emphasis is we're in the people business. We're not in the food business. And right. this is just perfect. <laughs> what is your favorite story for Chapter 3? Oh, Chapter 3 is The Kindness of Strangers. And I really liked a story um, that is by Elizabeth uh, Chenault. It's called $100 Bill. So I kind of just gave away the story by the title. <laughs> but anyway, um, Elizabeth was shopping and it was, they were heading into Christmas, but money was really, really tight. And so um, she was shopping at Walmart, where we sell a lot of our books, by the way. So we love Walmart. Mm-hmm. And um, her, her youngest child, who was only six at the time, saw the cereal box for the Christmas theme. And he was so excited and it just broke her heart that she couldn't buy him this $4 box of cereal because they just couldn't afford it. And he understood. He was disappointed, but he understood because her kids were used to the fact that they didn't have a lot of money. But then this older woman approached her and said that she wanted to do something for her, and she wished her a Merry Christmas, and she left Elizabeth holding a $100 bill. Well, Elizabeth started crying. She walked back to the cereal aisle. She got that box of cereal for her children and then used the rest of the money to pay off their overdue electric bill. Um, And she says that sweet lady's kindness blessed us more than she will ever understand. And then she goes on to say, the world needs more people like those who help people just because. And now Elizabeth's circumstances have changed. And now she tries to reach out and help other people. She pays it forward because that's what so many people report to us that they tell us these stories about something kind that was done for them mm-hmm. when they were going through a rough time and now they're not going through a rough time and they're able to do it for other people. Right. And, right. You know, it's just so heartening because in these times that are still so divisive, it's really heartening to read these stories about people doing for strangers because it really does bring home the fact that we are all united in you know, a common community and, mm-hmm. and that kindness can unite us, and you should reach out and help people, and it really does make a huge difference, and it doesn't matter what somebody's politics are. Just reach out and do the kind thing. Right, right. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And that goes for Chapter 4. The only difference is that this chapter talks about the right words, and I strongly believe in words having power. The story is just a few words by... Susan Trout. Yeah, so Susan was engaging in her first shopping expedition with her toddler and her newborn baby, but she thought it would be okay, and then the kids had meltdowns. And so she had two kids having meltdowns, so she (laughs) scurried to the checkout. And then, unfortunately, because the kids were crying, Um, I don't even know you're a guy, so I don't even know if you know about letdown, but it's when a crying child can make your breast milk come in. So she had this big wet spot on her blouse. So everything was just a disaster. She's standing in the checkout lane. She has two kids crying. The milk is coming out, staining her blouse. Um, The newborn smells the milk, cries even more. Then Susan starts to cry because it's such a disaster. And then this older woman reached out and touched her arm. And Susan thought the woman was going to complain about the two crying kids and the crying mom and all the disruption they were causing. But instead, the woman said, it's hard. No one ever really tells you that, but you're doing a good job, Mama. You'll do fine. And then she handed Susan a tissue for her tears. And Susan says that that reassurance from a stranger changed everything for her. She paid for her groceries, and she walked out the door with these crying children feeling more confident, more determined, more capable. And she says they were just a few words and yet they were the world. Mm -hmm. We have a number of stories about mothers who were struggling in some public environment and then someone said a kind word to them Mm -hmm. and what a difference it made to the mothers. And I thought that was something to remember. Like if you're in a store or a restaurant and someone has a kid who's crying or screaming, like smile at the mother 
So she knows, hey, I don't blame you for the disruption your kid is causing, you know, or even say something like, oh, you're doing a great yeah. job handling a difficult situation, whatever it is. Or my child was like that. Don't worry. My child <laughs> is fine now. Yours will be too. <laughs> just wait like five years, six days, and three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, exactly. Eventually, things will get better. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Chapter five, and this is a wonderful, cute story. Friends and neighbors. And the story is Clever Kindness by Caroline McKinney. Oh, yeah. This was really a great story. You're right. This was just one of those really fun, feel-good stories. So Caroline McKinney lost her keys somewhere along the way when she was out walking her dog. And she went back and tried to find her keys, and she couldn't. I mean, she had a hidden key that she used to get into her house. But the problem was that the keys she had lost included her car key fob. And, you know, if you have to replace one mm-hmm. of those, it can cost you hundreds of dollars, plus the inconvenience. So anyway, she couldn't find her keys. Luckily, she didn't do anything that day about replacing the keys. She just let it go for a day. <laughs> and then that night it was snowing and she was just enjoying a peaceful evening at home when her car alarm went off. So she rushed into her garage to turn off her car alarm because um, she had, you know, the other, the other key at yeah. home. And, um, and so she turned it off, and then it started up again. And she turned it off, and then it started up again. And the next thing she heard was her doorbell, and she thought, oh, no, somebody's going to complain because it's the middle of the night and my, you know, my, my car is going off. <laughs> but in the... In the light snow at her front door were three neighbors from several streets away where she had been walking her dog and dropped her keys. And one of them was holding out her keys in her gloved hand and said she was so glad to have figured out whose keys they were. These neighbors very cleverly walked all the blocks of their neighborhood, hitting the panic button until they managed to set off the panic alarm um, a car, and then they knew they were at the right house. And so Caroline was very impressed by how clever her neighbors were to figure out how to get the keys back to the right people. <laughs> I would have just, uh, I'm just kidding, because the car is in the garage. <laughs> the first time when I read the story, I said, you know, okay, I can see myself selling someone's car. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, that's a beautiful story because it is all about just going the extra mile and trying to help. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's just, it's a beautiful from that perspective, being very neighborly and, and just wonderful. And I know what it is, is that if, some, if that happens to me, I certainly would like to have someone do that to me as well, for me as well. Yeah, even if you're at a shopping mall and you find some keys lying on the yeah. ground, you might... Mm-hmm. Use the panic button on the key fob and see if you can find the car that mm-hmm. the keys go with. And you might find somebody standing by the car rummaging through their purse trying to find mm-hmm. the keys. <laughs> so true. Chapter six, one good turn deserves another. And the story is Cash, Credit, and Kindness by Kim Johnson McGuire. Well, so this is another story about using some creativity to perform an act of (laughs) kindness. And in Kim's case, first she was the beneficiary of an act of kindness, and then just hours later she became the benefactor. So her, her story starts at the post office, and this is kind of funny because she was at the post office because she wanted to mail her permission form to Chicken Soup for the Soul. So you know what a permission form is because you've written stories for us more than once. But mm-hmm. for your listeners, a permission form is the contract that our story writers fill out when their story is selected to be included in one of our books. And so Kim was so excited that her story was selected that she was sending the permission form by certified mail, which is really not necessary. So anybody who's listening, like first class mail is fine. If it gets lost, we, we'll just get in touch with you and you'll fill out another form and send it to us. But anyway, she, she needed $10 to pay the charge for certified mail. And the credit card reader was broken at the post office. And she didn't have $10 cash on her. And so this nice man 
who had heard her telling this post office clerk how excited she was and how she was sending this permission mm-hmm. form to Chicken Soup for the Soul. This nice man behind her congratulated her on getting her story into a Chicken Soup for the Soul book and then said that he would pay the t- So he paid for a certified mail charge, and then she thanked mm-hmm. him and went off to have lunch with a friend. And she was still feeling really warm and fuzzy about that nice man at the <laughs> post office. And then after lunch, she spotted a credit card lying on the sidewalk. So she and her friend decided that they would figure out who dropped the credit card. And they started walking the blocks around where they had found it. And they spotted this young mother trying to get three little children into an SUV. And she definitely looked like somebody who could have dropped a credit card. And so they went over to her and read the name on the credit card. It said, are you so-and-so? She couldn't believe it. She had lost her credit card. And, um, and so they had really saved the day for her. And so that was just a really cool story because in one day, in the space of a few hours, Kim received an act of kindness and then was able to perform an act of kindness. I know that's really wonderful, and we sometimes don't realize that things happen for a reason. <laughs> so it's just that beautiful. That is definitely true. I know she got mm-hmm. to pay it forward right away, which I thought was terrific. <laughs> Chapter seven: Compassion and Understanding. What's your favorite story in this one? Um, well, there's a story by um, Amy. Moonborn is called mm-hmm. A Shared Struggle. And um, in this case, Amy was in the grocery store in the checkout line. And the woman in front of her looked really tired and frazzled. And she had a very active three-year-old and a newborn. And the newborn was crying. And then as her items were rung up, the woman realized she didn't have enough money. So she started selecting items to put back. And that's when Amy stepped up because She asked the young woman, was she a single mom? And the woman said that she was. And Amy said, well, I'm a single mom too. And I've been in your shoes and I would be happy to pay for your family's groceries. And the woman started crying (laughs) with gratitude. And the total cost for the rest of the groceries that the woman was putting back was less than $30. And the man behind Amy in line, he wanted to participate. So Amy and the man behind her split the $30 and left the grocery store feeling so good about what they had done. And, you know, it was a good example of how good you feel when you perform that act of kindness for someone else. And Amy is positive that that young woman will turn around to pay it forward one day when when she's better situated and she encounters another struggling young mother. Beautiful story. And what's the beauty of it is that I think intuitively we don't sometimes realize this, and you had mentioned this several times, you know when's the right time to do something like that, well, to you, step up. Yeah, and you follow the impulse. Like Amy yeah. followed her impulse and and didn't say, oh, maybe the woman would be embarrassed, maybe I shouldn't interfere. She followed her impulse to pay for those groceries, and it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. The... There's another story in Chapter 7 that I really like, and this is the title of it is He Will Be Okay by Tina Shimzak. Yeah, so this is a case of a mother with a disruptive child. So um, <laughs> Tina's son really couldn't help it. Um, he was just a bundle of energy. He wasn't able to sit still, and he was often disruptive, and she always worried, you know, like, They were sitting one day waiting for um, a sports activity to start for him, but they had gotten there early. And so her son was just touching everything while they were waiting. And he even knocked all the papers off a table in the reception area. And she could feel the other parents watching her and judging her. And she even heard the parents of another child talking and she caught one of them saying the words out of control (laughs) she wanted to explain to them that her son had a disability, that he wasn't being bad. He just really had trouble waiting. And she was on the verge of tears. Anyway, then the instructor came out and called the group together. All these five-year-olds went off to play some kind of ball game. And Tina was just praying that her son would make it through, you know, that Mm -hmm. she wouldn't be pulled aside and told that her son wasn't ready for this kind of class. 
So she's sitting there worried, on the verge of tears, and then this woman spoke to her in the quiet and said, he'll be fine. He'll do great. You are doing great. You are a great mom. I can see it in all that you do for him. My brother was like that as a kid. It gets better. In the end, he will be okay. And they sat and talked, and Tina felt all the tension leave her body. And it turns out that her son made it through the whole class, came out all smiles, and um, Tina was all smiles too, thanks to a kind stranger who had helped her when she was really, you know, despairing. I totally agree. Where That's the power of words sometimes. You know, it's just amazing when it just it just gets the job done. It's like that sponge when you need it. <laughs> oh, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all of these really encourage us to reach out and help somebody. Like you hear all these examples. Mm-hmm. I really believe that it will make us all less hesitant to do something nice for somebody or to say those few, you know, those nice words to somebody that make all the difference to them. Right, right. Act of kindness does not necessarily, you know, mean money and those kind of things. It's just an act of kindness, and kindness matters from that perspective. Yeah. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to the March edition of our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazines at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kindness Matters, 101 Feel-Good Stories of Kindness, Compassion, and Paying It Forward. Amy, Chapter 8, Ever Grateful, Love the Story, The Letter by January Joyce. So one of the things that you learn from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kindness Kindness Matters is how you should also follow your impulse to compliment somebody or say thank you for for something kind Mm -hmm. because that can really be helpful also. So in the case of January Joyce, she was at the cellular phone store and she was having trouble with something and she would go to the store once in a while because there was this really kind young man there named Carlos, who would always help her if she was having trouble with her phone. So she was waiting her turn, and she watched this guy, Carlos, treat some elderly customers with tremendous patience and respect, then rushed to open the door for another customer. He called each customer by name. He was just so wonderful to everybody who came in and so patient. And so she had this impulse to do something kind for Carlos. So she wrote a letter to his boss, and she also mailed copies to the cellular company's headquarters. And when she went back to the store for help again a couple of months later, she learned that Carlos was gone, but an employee there told her that someone had written a letter about Carlos, and as a result, he had been promoted and now managed his own store And she felt really good about following that impulse to reach out and compliment someone because chances are it was her letter that had gotten him that promotion. Right. I love the story because it's sort of coming to full circle when I mentioned something earlier about the experience that one has with the fast food employee. We're in the people business, and you don't know who's watching you. It might be your future potential investor, boss, or whatever, and when you take the job more than just a job, it's a career when you're in that moment, that's what it's all about, and this is a beautiful classic example for that. Yeah, absolutely. Chapter 9, Worth the Effort, Money Well Spent by Teresa Brent. So in Teresa's case, She not only spent some money, but she really put some time into a major act of kindness. But on the other hand, how could she not have performed this act of kindness? Because what happened was she was out working in her garden in the middle of this rural part of Tennessee. 
And all of a sudden, this girl comes along who was probably 17 or 18 years old, and she was walking, and she must have walked miles already, and she asked for a glass of water. So Teresa got her a glass of water and then asked her, why was she out walking? And the girl said she needed to get to the bus station. Well, the bus station was 30 miles away. And Teresa said, you're not going to make it to the bus station 30 miles away walking. And it turned out the girl's bus was leaving in just a few hours. And so it turned out the girl had lost her mom. She was fighting with her dad. He had kicked her out of the house. And she was going to take the bus to where her grandmother lived to, to go and live with her grandmother. So Teresa got her kids together and said, we're driving this girl to the bus station that was 30 miles away. And not only did she drive her to the bus station, but she gave her $50 in cash that she had had stashed away and uh, also, you know, fed her before she got on the bus. Well, a year later, a car, a car pulled into Teresa's driveway. It was that young girl with her grandmother, and she was all smiles, and she returned the $50 and thanked Teresa for what she had done. And she said to Teresa, you gave me some hope that day that life isn't all bad. Uh, so that was a great example of somebody making a real effort to perform an act of kindness and how worthwhile it was to have done that. Of course, Teresa never thought she was going to see the girl again or be thanked or have her $50 returned to her. She just did it because what else could she do except help that poor girl? Right, right. You know, stories like that, and especially when we do something special for such an impressionable young age, it goes a long ways because you contribute to that person's happiness and they'll remember you. Not that the adults don't, but I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and Teresa's children got to see her performing this act of kindness also. So she was modeling really good behavior for her children. Mm-hmm. So true. Do you have a favorite story in this chapter? Well, I like the stories that show that uh, you're never too young to perform <laughs> an act of kindness. And so um, Charmin Gans says that she had no idea what her six-year-old wanted when they were driving and her six-year-old shouted, go back, mom, go back. And it turned out that her daughter had noticed this young disheveled man who had a scrawny dog and a sign that said, homeless, please help. They were driving in a parking lot. And so Charmin told her daughter that unfortunately she didn't have any cash on her, but her little girl, I guess she had one of those little girl purses with her or something. Mm -hmm. She had her own little amount of money in her purse and she wanted to give her money to that man. And so they drove back through the parking lot to the man and Charmin's daughter handed the man a $5 bill. And then they pulled away and Charmin's younger daughter began to cry because she had been holding out two quarters from her little purse, but no one had noticed. So they drove back and she handed her 50 cents to the man. And then the two little girls talked about how good it felt to help someone. And Charmin was just so impressed that her kid did that and thought, wow, that's really baking into them that um, knowledge that you should follow the impulse to do something Nice, because you're really never too young to feel that joy from helping somebody with no expectation of getting anything in return. Yes, that's so true. That's very, very true. It's a wonderful lead to Chapter 10. Something, small things, big impact. And the story that I really love is From a Child by Robert Willett. Yeah, so Robert Willett is, 94 years old, and he says that this story is one of the moments in his life that affected him the most in his 94 years of life. So he was driving along, and he was driving in a traffic jam behind, you know, a big yellow school bus, Mm -hmm. and he noticed this young man sitting on the ground with a cardboard sign propped up on his knees, and Robert couldn't read it, but he assumed it was some kind of plea for help. Well, the school bus stopped in the traffic jam right across from this man. And then 
the man started approaching the school bus and Robert was watching, like, why is the man approaching the school bus? And then he realized that there was a little girl's arm sticking out from one of the windows of the school bus and she was holding a little brown paper lunch bag and she was handing her lunch to this homeless man and Robert said he could barely see through the tears um, as he watched this transaction. So I just thought that was really sweet. And it showed the impact from watching an act of kindness also. Right, right. I love the story simply because it reminded me when uh, I, this is about the only one that I remembered vividly in terms of, I'm sure my mom had done so many different things in Malaysia, uh, teaching kids, right? Uh, do good things, <laughs> so to yeah. speak. And uh, I remember once a month we would go to the Chinese temple to do prayers and so forth. And obviously, like, I'm not necessarily like over here uh, by the churches and so forth, but in Malaysia or in Asia, that is, uh, at least at that time, the all the homeless people would be kind of around that at the entrance of the front door. Let me put it this way. And so because they know that people would tend to be a little bit more kind, correct? Because then, of course, in Asia, uh, when you go and do your prayers, so to speak, you bring food and so forth. And as a young kid, I mean, when you see someone scruffy and so forth, you, you know, I mean, it's not that you're afraid, but you obviously – you don't exactly run <laughs> to someone and so forth. But my mom taught me, well, you know, these are people that need help and so forth. And she would always bring something extra from the house. And then you have these sets of, uh, I guess, goodies for the prayer. And this set is for to give the homeless. And I thought that was really neat. And over the years, I learned to just feel good inside and later i was the one who can't wait to grab that you know this one is for them and this one is for <laughs> the deity and stuff like that and so it was a good learning experience for me and that's why i emphasize the fact that i think we don't realize it but when we teach someone at a very young age those act of kindness it takes root deep root and strong roots and i think you're raising happier children when you mm-hmm. do that, because then, because we keep talking about the fact that if you perform these acts of kindness, you are so much happier yourself. So yeah. if you instill that in uh, kids at a young age, they're going to go through their lives performing acts of kindness that make them happier people. Yeah, and it became natural too. It was not like you know, like well, I have to do this because you want to do it because kids. Mm-hmm. Put, Put it in that mindset, so to speak. Right. Chapter 11, the joy of doing for others. And this is a wonderful story to close up the entire book. Thank You, Ma'am, by Cristalia Marie. Oh, yeah. So I really thought this was an amazing story. So, And that's why I put it last in the book, as you said, to close out the book. So um, Cristalia was driving in Houston in terrible traffic on I-10, which is this loop that goes around Houston. And um, there was a construction slowdown, and it was a place where four lanes narrowed down to two lanes. You can imagine how mm-hmm. awful the traffic was. And so as she inched forward, she saw this 18-wheeler sitting in the right lane with his left blinker on. He was trying to merge into traffic, but, you know, a big truck like that needs a little room. They can't just dart into traffic. She was nearly half a mile from the truck, and as she approached him, she saw that nobody was going to let him in, and this poor truck was stuck. So she devised a plan to block traffic and allow this truck driver to enter her lane. She knew she would have to block two lanes because otherwise – people in the left lane would just move around her and mm-hmm. she would never be able to for the truck. And so she moved behind the truck, blocked two lanes. People were honking at her, were really mad at her, but the truck driver was able to pull his 18-wheeler into his lane. Then he stopped his truck. He stepped out onto the step, you know, by the driver's side, mm-hmm. <laughs> pulled off his cowboy hat and bowed in her direction. 
and then got back in his truck and drove on. And she felt so good about having him let, having let him into the traffic. And I'm sure all these people were honking and being jerks about it. <laughs> all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I shouldn't have been honking and being impatient. This guy had a right to get into the lane. The poor guy was right. stuck waiting and waiting and waiting to get into the lane. Mm-hmm. When I read that, it was like, okay, this happens everywhere in Dallas. And I'm sure it happens to where you're at, you know, like people are so impatient whereby they wouldn't let someone ease into the line into traffic i mean it's like what does a few seconds do (laughs) it's amazing yeah (laughs) what does chicken soup have in store for us this spring and the coming months so um this is our newest book this Mm -hmm. kindness matters book and then in April, four weeks from now, we have a humor book coming out, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Too Funny. And I know you and I will discuss it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our third humor book. We've done one each spring now. This will be our third year. <laughs> and they do really well. I think people are looking for, you know, those spots in their day. Right, right. And then in June, we have a really cool book coming out that I just sent off to the printer. It's called your 10 keys to happiness. And I, um, I really thought through the 14 years I've been doing this job and mm-hmm. what were some of the keys to happiness. Yeah. And so I went through our library of stories and found the stories that I thought exemplified each of the traits or attitudes that I felt were the biggest contributors to being happy. So that's coming out in June. And then in August, another feel good book called attitude of gratitude, which is really amazing. We've gotten over mm-hmm. 5,000 submissions for it, which shows what oh a popular my topic it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's, what's coming out. That's, that's what's coming out in the next few months from us. A bunch of really good feel good collections. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 5,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy, don't get me wrong, because just the fact that even though you don't make it to the 101 collection, the fact that you transfer that onto a piece of paper and get it out there, it's a beautiful feeling. That's the oh, way yeah. I look People- at it. Send us thank you notes. They're like, you didn't take my story, but writing the story changed my life. So I wanted to thank you anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the that's the beauty because it's part of that journey, and it's beautiful, just beautiful. What wonderful story? Uh, what wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, there's certain keys to happiness, you know, that I have noticed. Mm-hmm. So my the two that I think are the most important are gratitude and forgiveness. I I really feel like there's lots of ways to become happy and you don't have to do all of them in order to become happy. (laughs) But the two I think you have to do, you have to use the power of gratitude and you have to use the power of forgiveness because Mm -hmm. if you don't use the power of gratitude, if you're not like actively noticing what's good in your life, you're not going to be happy. So even if you're going through a rough time, if you think about what blessings you still have in your life, it's really going to change your attitude. And then forgiveness, I think, is just so liberating. You cannot be happy if you're carrying around a bunch of resentments and disappointments mm-hmm. and anger. And you have to look at, well, what motivated the person to do that thing? You know, um, right. and realize, if you realize that somebody, say, did something to you that was negative, but they didn't mean to do it to you personally. They were just dealing with their own issues. Mm-hmm. Um, then you just can't be angry anymore. And it really liberates you <laughs> and frees you. And you're not carrying around that emotional weight. Right, right. That's so true. Very true. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, Please join me in two weeks, Wednesday morning, April 6th. My guest will be Kimberly Meredith. Kimberly is the founder of the Healing Trilogy and a non-denominational 
ministry that welcomes and accepts people of all race, religion, and spiritual beliefs. She is a self-taught medical intuitive, trans-channeler, surgical hands-on healer, and spiritual teacher with gifts of the Holy Spirit. Her spirit guide is Edgar Casey, the father of holistic medicine. Kimberly and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey, her latest book, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension, and how you can elevate your consciousness to heal your life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. As usual, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you so much, Johnny. Talk to you next month. Take care. Bye-bye.